everyone. This is Mark Vina with more insights and strategy. Today is Tuesday, September 10th, 2019. Today is Apple iPhone announcement day, among other things. And I want to dedicate today's podcast to spending about 25 minutes or so with my colleague for more insights and strategy, Anshal Sag, who knows a lot about this category, especially about um, high-end video photography and uh, videography. Anshal, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. So, Anshel, what were the top? Let's just jump right into it. I mean, there was a there was a lot of stuff there. It, it, it went very quickly. It was one of the you know it lasted almost two hours. It uh, fairly <laughs> it, it did have a fairly it was like a, a very fast moving Tom Clancy movie. You know, clear and present danger. But it, it did move. You know, I thought move very quickly. And and there was I think a lot. We were talking about this offline. I think there was a logical progression to the way the content. And the um, announcement was organized, but you know, from a ten thousand foot level, what do you think were the two big, two or three big uh, messages that resonated with you? Well, I think you know, obviously from the content side, which is what they led with, um, they're really you know trying to ensure that people are excited about the new services they're getting to launch and aren't really paying too much attention to the price because it's going to be five bucks for mm-hmm. each of them. Um, I, I do think, however, that um, unless people, you know, get the service for free, like they are with Apple TV plus, um, for the first year, if they buy a new Apple product, um, it's going to be very difficult for them to fight the whole subscription fatigue that I think a lot of people are starting to, you know, experience. And I think it'll only be aggravated by, um, you know, if there's a recession, which everybody believes is coming soon, um, you know, people are going to start looking at what they can cut and what they think is superfluous. So it's it's not a great time to launch a new service, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that, that's one perspective that I think is reasonable. I, I think the other perspective is that I think they're just so committed right now to growing their non-hardware part of their business. You know, this is just more of a macro statement that I think they feel that they have had no choice. I mean, even Oh, it's the, just, it's too know, late. I, I, yeah. I think they waited too long. Uh, we'll, we'll pa- I'll pass it along to Tim Cook that you agree with the strategy, but you just think he start, started too late. But no, I, I understand where you're coming from. I, I do think that no question, you know, um, subscription fatigue is a factor. Now, the flip side is, you know, the, that, you know, they're going to get a lot of eyeballs by bundling in that service for free, both the arcade service to a lesser extent and the Apple TV, TV plus service, you know, doing that for a year you know, should create a bit of stickiness, but you're, I think you're absolutely, absolutely. right. If, if you, if you don't, um, if they don't come out with compelling content all the time, which is by the way, I think Amazon has learned that lesson the hard way. I mean, they've had some hits, they've got had some misses. You know, Netflix has been more successful than not in terms of the consistency of the quality of their content. But when you're in the content game, you know, you always got to be there with, with the right, uh, stuff to get in front of people. And to your point, you know, the, the slide they showed during the presentation, how many, I, whether, whether 20, 12, 24, I can't, I forget the number exactly that was thrown out there, but you know, they're, they're going to have to keep people very much interested even after that freebie subscription for a year, if you buy an iPhone or a tablet, an iPad, that, Absolutely. Uh, that period ends, you know, so I, I, I did think that was interesting that they kind of led with that, but you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But jumping into your favorite topic um, on the um, phone side, because I know you're a 
an aficionado when it comes to high-end DSLRs and, 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 and cameras in general, and you and I chat about that quite a bit. What, were, what was your big takeaway? You think the, uh, the, the iPhone 11 Pro has got some, uh, this has got, this has got some legs to it, or what's your, uh, what's your takeaway at the high-end? So I think, first of all, it was smarter of them to position the iPhone 11 as the mainstream 699 device. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, that they've now done away with the telephoto lens and gone with a wide angle and a super wide angle lens on mm-hmm. the standard iPhone. Um, and that's a big deal because, um, you know, I've been doing smartphone photography since they put a camera on a smartphone. And I would say that, you know, one of the biggest innovations has actually been the addition of a wide angle camera. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you're traveling and you're when you're going places, Having a super wide-angle camera is much more useful than having a telephoto, and mm-hmm. that's why I think they, you know, they added that to both the iPhone 11 and the iPhone mm-hmm. 11 Pro. Now the Pro has a third lens, which is a telephoto, um, so it has three different lenses, which is finally bringing Apple to the same level as a lot of the competition on the Android side. Um, But it remains to be seen whether or not the photography capabilities will actually be on par. I -hmm. personally am most excited about comparing that because I've got all the latest um, phones from Samsung and Huawei um, and LG and Oppo and and, uh, OnePlus. So I'm I'm excited to see, you know, how they compare against the already existing, uh, you know, triple camera configurations. you know, Apple loves to claim that they have the best this, best that. Um, so I want to see whether it's really the best for photography and for video. Um, previously, uh, I always thought that Apple didn't get enough credit for the video capabilities that the iPhone had. And I really am glad to see that they really leaned into it pretty heavy. Right. Um, because truly, the iPhone has always been one of the best for video, bar none. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I do believe that Samsung went up them on the S10 Plus mm-hmm. um, and the S10 and all other versions of the S10 and, and the Note 10 as well, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, Apple is re-upping their video game and I'm excited to see how that video compares to uh, the HDR10 that I have on the uh, S10 and Note 10. Uh, well, because the HDR video, like I go to concerts and... I've I've never seen concert footage that looks that good because mm-hmm. most of the time they're not even shooting with HDR and I've got this little HDR camera with video stabilization in my hands and I'm mm-hmm. shooting impeccably, you know, perfectly exposed, unbelievable dynamic range video of concerts and it just makes everything else look like crap. Well, and, but I do think too to your point, I think they did uh, there was a couple of cool things that came out of the uh, the iPhone 10, I'm sorry, the iPhone 11 Pro demo. What I was particularly impressed with simply because I've got a bit of a product background in it since I was at uh, Sling Media when we announced Sling Studio, I thought the demo they they did with the film make app uh, person where they were able to show you essentially shooting two different angles in a right. wide shot at the same time. That to me was a big deal because you know that's been that capability has been around at the professional level and the consumer pro level for some time, but you had to use multiple cameras. You needed to use switching equipment. It wasn't easy to use. The list goes on and on. And the fact that you can do that now with a 10, with the 11 Pro, I think is pretty impressive. 
Yeah, so you know what's, what was interesting is I had a conversation via text and on Twitter with uh, Walt Mossberg, and I think, and again, he's only one person, but what he thought, well, he thought that that demo was very, very cool, and I agree with him to a degree. His th- he thinks the big challenge will be communicating that feature to the average mainstream consumer because it's you know multi-camera um, capability is not something that most mainstream um, enthusiasts, even who do a lot of video work, do. But you know, on the flip side, Apple's marketing team is pretty good at uh, communicating stuff like that. So I think they'll, they, I, if, if any team can overcome that communications challenge, Apple can. But I think that will usher in a whole brand new world of, um, of uh, videography and creativity. And, you know, they, they, you know for, they very specifically used a Hollywood director or you know, a professional director to shoot Right. Um, uh, some film demos. And I, and again, uh, to your point, especially with video work, I mean, some of the, um, and it's been like that for a while, you know, Apple's phones have been really, really good at that, you know, and I don't yeah, know. Maybe, maybe, Apple ha- maybe Apple hasn't done a good job, but you know, it, of communicating that. But you know, one question I do have for you, because you and I were at the Samsung re- um, announcement a few weeks ago, is that they did a very compelling demo um, around it was an AR demo, you know, with the person that was walking around a stuffed bear, if you recall, mm-hmm. you know, and it created that object, and you could drop that into um, other scenes and other video. Um, I think that's pretty cool. I don't know whether that falls into the mainstream, you know, consciousness from a, from a usage application standpoint, but I didn't really, I didn't see anything like that, obviously, with this with this uh, demo. Although, frankly, the hardware certainly, you know could have that capability. They talked quite a bit about machine learning from a um, right. ingredient standpoint in the phone. What are your thoughts on that? Because you know, Samsung did kind of spend a lot of time on that at that announcement. Well, it's interesting because Apple's AR capabilities, I think, are, are greater than pretty much any other smartphone manufacturer today. Mm-hmm. Um, there's way more AR applications and there's way more AR users, but they really neglected to even talk about AR at this iPhone launch, which I thought was very odd. Yes, um, yes. And and I think a lot of people notice that. And I think it may be because a lot of what Apple's doing today in AR is most likely leading up to the headset. Um, and I think they don't want to talk about things unless it's going to involve the headset. And mm-hmm. that's why I think they're probably being a little bit more coy because it just doesn't seem right for them to go talking about AR as much as they did last year. And then basically dump it like it doesn't exist this year. So <laughs> I, I, I think it's not that they're ignoring AR because they clearly are not. Um, I think it's just a readiness and a platform decision in that they are mm-hmm. focusing on um, the next generation hardware and enabling that and you know improving that as opposed to continuing to talk about the same thing that they're doing on phones, which may have not really changed much. Right. Um, right. So they're not going to, you know, they're not going to pre-announce anything because that's not Apple. Um, but they are going to not talk about it if they don't have anything to add. Right. And I think that's the situation is that they just don't have anything to publicly talk about because this is a very large effort and it's requiring a lot of, um, you know, people. And I think that's ultimately what this is boiling down to is. They've got AR coming, but it's just not ready yet, and they're not really doing that much on the smartphone side, so there's not much to talk about. Um, now, now, true, now, now, true to form, though, what was interesting, for it, for it, because there was absolutely no reference to it all, 
you know, and, and you and I have been talking about this for weeks, um, is that there were no, obviously these phones don't have 5G support. Um, <clears throat> uh, Samsung has been aggressive in that area. I was pleased to see, let me just say this up front, um, I was pleased to see that Wi-Fi 6 will be there. That's a nice future-proofing deal because Wi-Fi 6 is going to be a, a big deal. That's the next iteration of um of, I just uh, upgraded Yes, and, and you and I were talking offline, and we can talk about that separately, but, you know, I have used the um, a couple of Wi-Fi 6 routers as a bridge, and the performance is truly unbelievable. So, I, uh, I you know, I, I would not buy a device unless it had Wi-Fi 6, including a notebook, by the way, for that. But it's, I'm, the, I'm the same way. Yeah, so the, the question I have for you is, because you and I have been talking about it for the past, you know, a few weeks, is that we all kind of believe that... Uh, you know, given all the angst that uh, Apple's had with Qualcomm, they finally put all that nastiness behind them, but unfortunately not enough time to, you know, to make sure that, that, that Qualcomm's 5G capability would be there. They acquired the Intel modem business, but of course, that, you know, it's probably, you're not going to probably, you're not going to see 5G in their phones until next year. The question mm -hmm. I have for you on Shell, do you think that will be a showstopper, you know, for some people? Or will they have to go out and have a 5G phone? Or will they have that... Will they take the view that I think many will that, hey, the 5G infrastructure is not there yet. So what do I need to, you know, what do I need to go out and get a phone so know, with 5G right now? I, I think for the people that are already convinced Apple users, they're going to do whatever they can to justify why it doesn't have 5G. Mm -hmm. um, the way I look at it is if you don't have an iPhone, um, you're going to say, well, of course it needs to have 5G. Everybody else has it. And if you do have an iPhone, you're going to say, well, of course it doesn't have 5G. It's not ready yet. So mm -hmm. it really looks, it depends on your, your personal perspective. Uh, but the reality is, is that I think by the end of this year, which is only three months away at this point, um, which is kind of a shock to me, um, I think by the end of this year, 5G networks are going to look a lot more mature than they did uh, six months ago. Um, and I mean, even today, 5G networks look a lot more mature than they did six months ago when they started launching. So mm -hmm. I, I think, I think you know, by the time the beginning of next year rolls around, um, people are going to start noticing a lot more people using 5G phones and people are going to start, you know, having 5G phone envy. Um, so I think it, I don't think it'll affect Apple in the first few quarters, um, probably this, you know, holiday quarter or maybe Q1. But I think it'll start hurting them in Q2 and Q3. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you know, I, the networks not, will be mature, much more mature by then, and people will, will 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 have a much better understanding of what the f benefits of 5G are. Yeah, I think that's that that's generally generally a, a good observation. Um, I, the you know the, the, what I struggle with, and um, and I know you feel the same way to to a to, to a certain degree, Anshel, is that especially at the high end, you know, the, we're talking the price points of these no, of these new iPhone 11 Pros are not cheap. I mean, they're the same price points as the previous high end generation, but you're still talking about if you configure it the right way. With you know, I wouldn't get a phone less with, with anything smaller than 256 gigs of um, storage. So by default, you're at 12, 1300 bucks, you know, right off the bat. You know, for the average American family or the average family in general, that's a lot of money. And the, the kind of tweener situation they're in right now is that if you step up to an iPhone 11 Pro and then 5G rolls around, let's say, six months, a year from now, you know, most people who are on that monthly payment plan will still be paying for the phone 
when the when five G versions show up, as they inevitably will next mm-hmm. year. So that that might give people some pause. It may not maybe not as much pause if you just went out and bought the the, the, the standard iPhone eleven because those phones are under a thousand dollars. But um, right. I, but I you know I do think you know again you know for the average person. You know, when you when when a family's making you know fifty seven thousand dollars a year on average to support a family of four, and I've never believed that's that anyway. I've, I've never believed the doability of supporting a family of four and fifty seven thousand dollars. Right. The, but the reality is, is that that's a lot of money, and and the um, you know and, yeah, and, I, we, and we already know people are not upgrading their phones even under the best of circumstances. They're not upgrading their phones on a regular basis. You know, uh, they're they're way, you know they're almost like laptop computers now. Until the screen falls off, you're not going to upgrade. So there, there's that well, dynamic I think that plays into it. So the upgrade cycles are getting longer and longer with every single generation of smartphone. So mm-hmm. I have a strong feeling that um, people are you know looking at much longer horizons now when mm-hmm. making smartphone buying decisions. And they're not just thinking about the next six to 12 months. They're looking at the next two to three years, if not longer. And if they are planning on making an upgrade, you know, they might skip this version and say, you know what, I'll buy the 5G version because I'm going to hold on to that for three to four years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's something to consider as well, is that people are, are thinking much more long term with their smartphones than they have in the past. Because, you know, I'm hearing more and more of my friends that are like, you know what, I'm still happy with my S8, or I'm yeah. still happy with my iPhone 8. Right. And I think that's that's the biggest problem that most of these smartphone vendors are having, is not really a lack of growth of the market, but it's a lack of people really refreshing mm-hmm. uh, as often as they used to. Um, and I think that's partly because, you know, when you look at the smartphone market, smartphones today still do the same things that they did three to four years ago. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think the lack of unique features and capabilities is really what's preventing the smartphone market from growing to the point where, you know, people are refreshing more often. Obviously, they tried that with VR and AR, but neither of those have really taken off in a way that, you know, convinces people that they need to upgrade. And if you look at, you know, the way they're developing these current AR apps, they're designed to be, you know, working on as many devices as possible, not just the top end. So there's still, you know, things like Pokemon Go and um, Wizards Unite are still working on older phones because they're designed to. So I think that, you know, the real big uh, thing that's going to get people to upgrade will be you know, something like an AR headset or some kind of application that just, you know, is that killer app that gets people to upgrade. And no one's really made that for the smartphone market. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately what I think is what's what's causing all these, you know, petering off of the smartphone market or even shrinking of the market itself. Well, and that's the $64,000 question is that you look, you know, because I'm sure like like me, I probably got 10 messages this morning from friends early this morning saying, Mark, should I upgrade or not? And, of course, this is before the announcement, so we, no one knew what the final details were. So my answer was, well, let's see what they come out with before I can make that judgment. And, uh, you know, I'd have to say that if you have an iPhone 8, if you have an iPhone 10, you know, you know upgrading to an, just the iPhone 11, not the Pro model, but the 10 model, I don't know whether that, you know, you know the, 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 the 8 and 10 
especially when um, I, um, iOS 13 becomes available in a week or so, which will be run, it's going to run a lot faster than iOS 12, it's going to be still a pretty damn good phone, frankly. I mean, yes, the camera's going to be better on the iPhone 11, but I don't. I, I can see people jumping to the Pro because the Pro does, you know, some users, by the way, some users will jump to the pro because there are some advanced um, videography, photography yeah. capabilities that are truly a, that they'll be able to justify that. But that's because, like yourself, probably, you know, they're using that phone almost in a professional capacity to, to capture video. But yeah. I don't know if the casual user who's at a Padres game or at a Yankees game and wants to shoot a, a selfie video at the ball game, you know, is pr- going to appreciate the advanced capabilities of the eleven. So, so here's an yeah. interesting thought. Um, I think the iPhone XS was not that big of a, a, an improvement. I don't think very many people got it. Mm-hmm. I think this is a much more noticeable, <laughs> large, larger improvement. So I think there's much more people that are much more likely to get this because it's a noticeably different phone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a faster processor. It's got more cameras. It's got a different display. It's got more video capabilities. So I, I think this will be one of those phones that will a lot of people will upgrade to. Um, but there are going to be the people who are going to say, you know what? Maybe I wait for the iPhone 11 S, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, because right. I want to have that 5G and the camera. Right. Yes. Right. No, so I- it it comes down to priorities. But uh, I think this is a much more compelling phone than last year's model. Mm-hmm. Now, and, and, and the rumor is, if you believe all the rumors, uh, the 5G version will be a, a fairly complete redesign. I don't know how accurate those rumors are. No one ever really knows. But um, I don't know if I buy that. You know, but that's some of the scuttlebutt that's out there. So, but what, what's your verdict? If you have a, if you had a friend who calls and says, "I got an iPhone 7 or an iPhone 8," do they, do you tell them to step up, or do you tell them, "Hey, you know what? Wait till the 5G models come out next year." So I'm a photography guy, so I, I'm, I would be the kind of person that would say, "Yes, upgrade," because one, you'll get the wide-angle camera, and two, you're going to get the faster processor and the better display. Mm-hmm. Um, but unless you're, unless you feel like you need to upgrade, I usually don't push people to upgrade. Um, I do really like the iPhone 11 Pro, though, um, Mm -hmm. just because of the triple camera. And I'm just curious to see how it performs against all the other triple cameras that are out today. Right. And I know as soon as you get your hands on one, you'll be doing your own benchmarking and and telling the world what you think in terms of how it compares to the the Note phones that were just released. a few weeks ago, so that'll be an interesting yeah, thing to say. Yeah, uh, the funny the funny thing is, uh, you know, they made the same mistake that uh, Samsung made on the S10, which is they came out with a night mode on the iPhone 11, but the problem is, is it's an auto night mode, so it decides if you need night mode or not, which is mm-hmm. honestly not great. Usually, I think the photographer should have that control because you, as a human, can see whether or not you're you're going to need more light. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to have the choice to shoot in, you know, I like to have the choice to shoot in night mode. And, uh, you know, Apple's not giving people that that choice. Uh, meanwhile, Samsung decided to give people that choice on the new Note. So clearly Samsung learned their lesson. Everybody else already offers a night mode on their phones. Uh, Google does. Huawei does. 
Um, so having a night, even OnePlus offers it. So, uh, you know, I think night mode is an extremely awesome feature. And, you know, it's important to have it as a mode that you can choose, not one that they choose for you. And I wish I wish that Apple had, you know, thought about that and given people the, the option to do it as they see fit, as opposed to the camera choosing. Right. Well, and you know what, I'll just, as we kind of close, you know, we have a few minutes left as we close in on this. I mean, what was interesting that wasn't announced, uh, there were no MacBook 16-inch models. That was been kind of a rumor for the last uh, uh, few months. That didn't happen. Uh, there were some rumors that, the, that Apple was going to come out with a, um, a tile-like tile. Yeah. product, exactly, which I love. I have a tile myself. In fact, I just got the new one that has a replaceable battery, which is kind of cool. But which No I AR headset? No AR headset. Um, and uh, no reverse and no, charging, no reverse charging. That wasn't there. And no type C USB C. I know you're, you're, you know, I know you feel strongly about that, but you know, the other thing that just drives me crazy and I have to bring this up because I'm in the market for it, for it to get to upgrade to a MacBook. They did not announce the fact whether they're going to refresh the, um, MacBook, MacBook pros with the latest Intel CPUs, which, you know, are, are, you know, all over the place with the windows notebooks. Oh you know, yeah. And, well, I think I think it's one of those things where you know Apple just doesn't put as much focus on their PCs as much as they do on their phones, and it's probably just going to be one of those things where somewhere in October or November yeah. they update it and there'll it's not a, even going to be, be an event. Yeah, there'll be a silent announcement and uh, it'll and be a press maybe, release. It'll be a press release, if that. Maybe even an online blog. Hey, by the way, you can get new CPUs and there's one yeah. six there. You know, so yeah. But this is interesting, Anshel. Any closing thoughts before we conclude the call? I mean, any you know, uh, any last-minute takeaways on today's uh, announcement? I'm I'm really excited to see what this new iPad that they announced will do for their their iPad business in mm -hmm. terms of volume. Um, it sounds like it's very education focused yeah. and entry level because it's three four three twenty nine. Um, I was really shocked to see how big the bezels were, but I guess at that price point, that's what you get. Um, but in general, I, I think that, you know, I appreciate the faster pace of the press conference. Um, and I like the new design of the iPhone 11 and the 11 Pro. And I think overall they did a pretty good job, but I didn't really feel like anything particularly blew me away. And that most of these things are bringing Apple, Apple to parity with the rest of the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, in terms of the iPad thing, that didn't blow me away. I think it's nice that they're kind of uh, shoring up their entry-level model, and clearly it was an education play at a great price point. Um, and you know, the fact that they haven't changed the form factor and they still have those bezels there, you know, what they're trying to do obviously is they're amortizing the hell out of the design, and that way it keeps their costs as low as possible, and you know, that, that helps them on the margin side. But uh, I, I expect you'll probably see this later this year or next year. When they refresh the iPad Pros, the larger models, all the, those wonderful camera features that showed up in the um, the 11 Pro will will show up in the uh, in their Pro tablets, which um, I think will be exciting for a lot, of, a lot of people because there's a lot of people out there that love to do video work on a tablet versus a phone. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But uh, but thanks, Anshel. Thanks for taking the time to um, you know hop on the line with me today. To, to discuss today's announcements. To the more insights and strategy audience, please um, follow us and our social media suspect partners. That's Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And until next time, have a great weekend.